Welcome to the Heart of an Underdog show with Javi and Jessica, where we talk about how to adapt and overcome your biggest health challenges so you can beat the odds and find purpose in your pain and live in victory. This week, we have the amazing Leanne Cabot as our guest. She has an amazing story. We cannot wait to share her story with you. Remember to subscribe and to share this episode with your friends and family. Also, you can download all our episodes on your favorite podcast platforms. If you want to catch our live show, you can find that every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time at www.facebook.com backslash heart of an underdog. And if you want to become a sponsor of our show so we can continue to bring you inspiring guests and valuable content to our amazing audience, head over to www.javiandjessicamadrigal.com and choose the sponsorship level that works for you. We sincerely appreciate your support and partnership on this mission of impacting lives. So let's jump in and I'll tell you a little bit about our guest today. Leanne Cabot is an international speaker and the author of three books in the Five Seasons of Connection collection. Her life-changing philosophy takes us right into those crucial minute-by-minute interactions where we either draw closer together or push further apart. Her first book supports parents, her second book helps people in love relationships, and her third book is for entrepreneurs needing a mindset reset. Leanne developed the Five Seasons framework to be the best mom she could be to her children after she received a medical diagnosis in 2006 that gave her five years to live, challenging her to truly live a life that she loved. 15 years later, she's happily raising three teenagers and excited to visit her 57th country when it's safe to do so. Welcome Leanne Cabot to our show. Thank you for having me. Welcome. That's such a inc- incredible amount of countries to visit, Leanne. Really, like, can you tell us a little bit about You're what brought traveler. you to fifty-seven countries? <laughs> yeah, it all started with the brain crash. You know, it really was the nexus of all things in my life. So, I was here alone. We had just moved to the U.S. from Canada. I had two small toddlers with me, and I was pregnant with baby number three. And we had just moved here a few months earlier. It was the rainiest Seattle record that had ever been recorded. So we were not going out. We were not meeting people. My husband traveled to California for a business trip. And I woke up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, as five-month pregnant women do. And as soon as I stepped up on the floor, I collapsed. And I fell on my belly, and I was frozen for five hours. Nothing moved. I couldn't scream. I couldn't push. I couldn't do anything. I could only just surrender to being on the floor. And there was a lot of begging and pleading and negotiating and bargaining, you know, like going through all the stages of what happens when you just don't understand why something happened to you. Exactly. I did it all over and over that night. And sometime before seven, I just started getting these waves of heat. And I had pink neon flashes in my eyes and everything started to spin, but I could move. So I got up, I cleaned myself up, got dressed, woke up the babies, put them in the van, typed in hospital in the GPS because I didn't even know where the hospital was here. And we went to the hospital. And that really set off an eight-month odyssey in terms of what happened and what kept happening. And the baby was born in July, thank God, healthy and strong. Awesome. Um, But I continued to get sick. And I had brain crash after brain crash. I would just fall and black out and then reset like a computer reboot. Wow. They sent me everywhere. You know, they checked for epilepsy. They checked for Meniere's disease. They checked for brain tumors. They checked for heart disease. Like I, I went to see everybody. And at the end of it all, in November of 2006, they called me back into the hospital And there were a bunch of doctors there in their long white coats and my brain scans were up on the white box and my blood work was all on the table. And they just said, look, we don't know what this is. We've never seen it before, but what we do know is it's going to kill you. Wow. I'm like, when? Five years. And I just remember in the moment being so panicked. You know, my birthday that year happened to fall on American Thanksgiving. And so it was a pretty big deal for my kids, you know, because they were thinking that 
the whole country was shutting down because mommy was having a birthday. And I just said, mm-hmm. do I have four more Thanksgivings? Do I have four more birthdays with my babies? Like I have a newborn. I have two preschoolers. Like this is crazy. And they just said, go home and hug your kids. Live the life you always wanted. And I did. I took my stack of prescriptions and I started taking medication after medication to prolong my life. And I was just falling into this deep, dark hole. I was not a great mom. I was in pain. I was sad. I was scared. I was in this deep hole of grief that I was going to be missing everything. It was a really dark time. And then one day my mother-in-law came My husband brought his mom down to help me. I was not remembering how to cook. I couldn't find the kid's school. I was just a neurological mess. So she came down to help us and support us. And she was, and she watched me really struggling through some things. And then she said, you know, when you're gone, I'll raise the kids. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Wow. (laughs) Say that again. (laughs) And she's like, don't worry, I'll take care of them. And just something inside of me absolutely cracked open. And I picked up the box of medication, probably thousands of dollars worth of injections and patches and creams and pills, dumped everything in the trash. And I went for a walk and we live at the bottom of this really big hill. So walking up the hill, I mean, I had to be huffing, right? I'm like (laughs) huffing and puffing and sweating and getting dizzy because I'm just pushing myself up this hill so fast. And I just started to scream at the universe. And I said, this is not how it's going to end. This is not how it's going to end. You did not bring me to this life. You did not give me these babies to now rip me away from it because of something nobody even understands. They don't even have a name for it. That's not fair. That's not fair. And this isn't how my story ends. Yeah. And I came home and I just decided I was going to baby myself like I babied my babies. So I slept around the clock. I ate the very best food I could make. I did one thing a day. If we went to the park, that was my one thing. I didn't care if my house felt to complete disarray. I didn't care if we ate boxed food for dinner. I did one thing a day. And slowly... I started to feel a little bit better. As I was kind of going through my life, though, I noticed the number five, right? I knew it in my mind, November 2011. That was the date that I thought that was the end for me. So I would see the number five at the grocery store. Something would be $5. Or I would see it at the gas station. You know, something would be $5 of gas in the tank that I, you know, at the gas station pump that I pulled up to. The person ahead of me bought $5. And I'm like, it's mocking me. The universe is mocking me. It's reminding me my life is is coming to a close. And I just fell kind of deeper into that hole of darkness, right? Like that depression piece came over and I just could not escape the fact that this was the way it was going to end. And I thought, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm a crappy mom. I'm a crappy wife. I'm a crappy person. I'm Everything is awful something has to switch. And so I just decided, what did I want with my life? And I wanted to see the world. I wanted to show my kids the world because I didn't think I would be alive to give them the world. So I'm like, let's show them the world. And I decided to visit 50 countries before I turned 50. And my diagnosis came when I was 35. So 50 was not even likely to happen at all. But I just set my sights on 50 and then everything became 50 in my life. So I'm like, we're going to go to 50 countries. And my husband looked at his bank account and he's like, I'm one person working for five people. How are we going to do this? And I'm like, leave that to me. Yeah, I am going to get us around the world so cheaply. You will not even know, right? Like you just won't even know what hit you. I am going to do this. And so I started getting very excited about the opportunity to go to places I mean, yes, we went to Paris, but we went to places people don't typically go because that's where we could afford to go, right? So we weren't going to the, you know, to see the Louvre. My kids have never been to the Louvre. We've stayed in like apartments out in the countryside and that's okay. I have taken them around the world and it has been just the honor of my life. So the traveling piece is just 
one of those tools that I needed to set for myself to look beyond the diagnosis, right? Like, let me see what matters. And then how do I focus on the thing after the thing? Because if I just keep looking five minutes in front of my face, that's all I can see is just sadness and grief and loss and fear. And I don't want to live there anymore. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that you said the thing after the thing. I wanted to just stop for a second. Hey, if you're just joining us, we are with the incredible Leanne Cabot. Okay. If you go and rewind this after the show, you've got to hear her incredible story. She just dropped this huge story of things that what I love about this story is that they said, we don't know what this is, but definitely five years. We have no idea what this is, but definitely five. Like, how do you know that? And so I love that you said, how do you know? No, no, I'm not accepting that. That's something that is really uh, a key in a lot of um, underdogs lives, people that are overcoming these health challenges, these diagnoses and things like that, that it's like, no, I'm not willing to accept your diagnosis or reality or your prognosis of what's going on with me. I'm saying there's more and I can do more than that and nothing's impossible with God. So this is what I'm going to go do. So when you said the thing after the thing, it's that finding purpose in your pain. So, so, you know, it's like, when you said, if I look in the moment, I have all only depression, but when I look mm-hmm. forward, it's that beacon, it's that rope yeah. that kind of pulls you through it. Yeah. And it, it's that purpose. Even if the purpose is something, it's just always something you wanted to Mm-mm. do. It doesn't have to be a heavy purpose right. to pull you through. And, the, and and really what you are talking about is what we, we often talk about is not letting our disease or our circumstance define our life. Yeah. Right. You're, you're taking a hold of who you are. This is who I'm going to be. This is what it's going to look like. Despite whatever is going on in my life or whatever disease that I have, I'm going to say what my life's going to look like. I'm going to be the commander of my legacy. Right. Right. And, and so I, I just so identify with that and love that. It's absolutely great. So Leanne, at this point, what has, what have the doctor said now? Like what is the prognosis the at this, this point? point today in my life? Okay. The point of the story. I'll go back yeah, to this point so of the story. I There's was, more. Sorry. So go ahead. I had a main neurologist and she was very much on my team in terms of like my spiritual team and my emotional team. Right. So yes, yeah, she was my doctor and she guided prescriptions and she did all sorts of things, but she was the one that sat with me and held me as I sobbed, right? Appointment after appointment. She didn't understand it, but she felt that what was going to come for me would be very sudden, right? So it wasn't a disease in which I would have this slow path to the end, right? It would really be a very, it would be an acute problem in a moment, like a stroke. Um, It would be something that just shut me down quickly. Mm -hmm. And so she maintained that it was still coming. Right. And she said, maybe we're like tarot card readers. Maybe it wasn't five years. Maybe it was five and a half. Maybe it was six. But, you know, like you still have the physiology of somebody who has this disease. And we still don't know what it is because you have things that don't fit. You know, you don't have something that fits in a box. And I think a lot of people that I talk to have that very same thing. Even if they have a diagnosis for it, there's all of these extenuating circumstances, right? Because our our biology and our emotions and our traumas from childhood, like all of it contributes to who we are in this moment and it changes for each of us. So I, I just, you know, and the funny thing you just said, Jessica is, you know, the thing after the thing, this was like three years into my diagnosis for the first three years, I was dying. Mm -hmm. I took 20,000 pictures of my kids so they could see every little moment of their life because I wouldn't be there to tell them when did they start walking and what was their favorite fruit, right? I didn't think I had it in me to go against this team of people who have spent their lives dedicated to studying my kind of thing. Like I, I absconded my responsibility for my own health and I trusted that they knew more than I did. It was my mother-in-law who kind of woke me up from the fact that if I'm not here, somebody else is actually raising my kids. That was the moment that I decided to fight. I actually didn't fight for myself. I realized I needed to fight for them. And I think we do that. And I I wish I had done it differently, right? Yeah. Like I wish I had fought for me. Yeah. Those mama bear instincts are. are amazing. I didn't fight like <laughs> that for me. And I don't know right? if it's because I didn't believe I was worth it or I didn't think I was worth fighting for or it didn't occur to me. I don't know. But it wasn't until I heard that somebody else was coming in to replace me that I was like, hell no. Yes. No, 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 no. Right. 
Right. No, that's absolutely right. That's so important. You just said something very important is that we didn't, you didn't fight that way for yourself. So a couple of things I wanted to point out to our audience. Number one, you said, I didn't get there quick right at first. I didn't get there first. So those of you who are listening or watching, remember, it's not like it's the same for everybody, first of all. Okay. But also a lot of people who overcome things like Javi, you went through depression at first too. I mean, people, it's a process. So just because you're going through the dark part of this, just because you're going through something where you're like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with this at all. And I'm, I'm supposed to just be like a big overcomer. Like it's great for her. It's great for him. But where's that in me? It comes because one day you wake up and go, I have a, I have a purpose in this pain. I have something. So not only the traveling, but your children became your purpose. When you said, well, I didn't, I didn't want to fight for me. I don't think that's a you thing. That's an everyone thing. I think most people, it's not motivating enough to just jump out of our, our diagnosis appointment immediately saying, Ta-da, I'm going to do this for me. Like we don't do that. We don't generally fight for ourselves like that, especially even as just moms not do- dealing with a diagnosis. We generally don't take care of ourselves because why we're fighting for others. It's the purpose behind something. Right. And it's hard to find that level of purpose right. in just yourself. Well, yeah. yeah. And I, I really think that most people aren't, they, they don't have the wake up call or something in their life to kind of snap them out of the darkness, out of the cloud of darkness that has fallen upon them suddenly when they're diagnosed with a deadly disease. Look, you, you're going, you, you have, when you described the, the panel of doctors, mm-hmm. I would, I'm there with you. I, I, I completely, I am in that room with you. I understand that because it's so intimidating and what they're telling you is your life is basically over as you know it and you don't know what your future is. And, and they're, they're saying, well, here's your pile of pills. And this is what they're telling you what your life is going to be. And then and not only are you surprised by that and shocked by that, then you you have your physical problems and that starts to lead you down to the, the road of depression. It starts to take over. The cloud gets thicker and thicker. Then you, oh, God forbid, if you go and start searching on, on the internet. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> and, Just like, don't do that. Don't do that. And, 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 then, and then you have people coming along telling you this or that. And it's funny because your I'm sure your mother-in-law had no idea the response that Mm-mm. was going to come out of you, but it was the right response for you in that time. Yeah. Many of us don't go deep enough to say, what is my true purpose? What, why do I need to continue, continue moving this on. forward and yeah. continue on? We, we are so caught up in, like you said, what's right in front of us, we can't see past it. And that is the point of what we're all talking about Mm -hmm. is digging deep and finding out what that is, what that purpose is and making that the light, making Mm -hmm. that our fire, the beacon. Hey, so what happened, what happened when you hit that five year mark, that five and a half year mark, what were they saying then? What was the, what happened then? I would go back and they would, you know, I've had so many MRIs. I've had so many different tests. I've had tests that aren't even available to, you know, regular people. Um, because they're also using this as a test case. Like what could this be and what does this look like and what was her outcome? So I was tracked pretty carefully by a number of key different people in, in different areas of medicine and they were dumbfounded and they just could not believe that I was still plugging along and I was not taking anything. And I think that was one of the biggest ahas for them is they're like, what medication is really helping you? And I said, I will not even take vitamin D. And I live in Seattle where it's dark six months of the year, but I am not taking anything. I am being very deliberate in being as clean and as healthy naturally as I can, because my body is going to want to heal. Mm -hmm. Like God wants me to be here. He wants me to raise my kids. He wants me to live a life that I have always dreamed of. He didn't give me the dreams to take them away. And I really just planted myself in that. And Mm -hmm. so the thing that was most present for me in that moment was I want to be the best mom. 
because at any moment this could end for me. And I just don't trust the people around me are going to teach my kids the things that I think they should know because the people around me might be saying, you need an A on your test. You need 1600 on your SAT. And I think, no, you don't actually. You need to love yourself. You need to be kind. You need to know who you are and how to get out of your own dark storms. And so I started to just speak with them in story and in song, you know, as a mom would do, just about these kinds of things. So I took my big, dark, scary disease and I broke it down into tiny little bite-sized pieces for them. So they knew mommy was sick, but I didn't make it scary for them because I just put it in language and in a system that they understood. Mm -hmm. And so from that just grew this really incredible conversation around around dark times, around frustration, around, you know, being scared, around, you know, being exhausted and confused and frightened by the things around you. And it just really was this incredible, it was an incredible time, like in relation with other people. I think it was just so rich with opportunity and potential and love and giving. I just, yeah, I will always remember those days, the early days of the five seasons as being just gifts from God for sure. So tell us more about the five seasons because our, our watchers and our listeners um, have no idea about that. And I want to make sure, because it's incredible. Um, your system that I believe God gave you through your pain that he was forming and forging this person in you that could not have happened any other way. So the purpose in your pain is clear now. Um, But I mean, I want to spill it on everybody. It's amazing. Go ahead and let us know. Like, what is it that you came up with that you, that you, that God gave you with the five seasons? What he gave me is a way to both understand it myself and explain it to others as well as navigate through it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to be able to say, I'm sad, I'm scared, I'm hurting, I'm feeling like I'm drowning in quicksand. It's quite another to recognize that, hey, there's a couple of things I can do here. And it might not feel like I'm out of the quicksand, but I can pull myself up a little bit. And so I looked at the seasons. I'm Canadian. I live in the Pacific Northwest. We have four seasons up here. And I just really recognized winter as being this time of darkness you know, it gets dark at 4.30. It is cold. We are isolated. We're not out on the streets meeting other people. We are shut down. We are containing ourselves. We're getting quiet. We're getting hidden. That's winter. And what comes after winter is spring. And we get to spring clean our homes. We get to spring clean our things, but we also get to spring clean our life. What are the things we no longer want? What are the things that were hurting us in winter that we can let go of? What are the things that we want to plant in our gardens so that we can grow the things we really want? I wanted to travel, so I started planting the seeds in my family's life. Hey, I found this deal on a suitcase because now we can put more things in this tiny bag and go to more places without big bags, right? I started planting the seeds of the things that I felt were important to us. And spring is work, mm-hmm. right? You can't spring clean your your house sitting on your sofa. I mean, you have to put in the work for that. And that's the same with that emotional spring cleaning. And we do the work because summer is so sweet. Summer is the best it can be. It yeah. is when you are laughing and loving. You are expanding. You are pulling other people in close to you. You are growing your, your love and your you know, your garden where everybody can be together, you are learning and you are just emanating the vibration of happiness and joy, right? Like that is summer. And then what happens, what happens outside our window, what happens outside in the world is there's a chill in the air. All of a sudden you're enjoying summer. And then there's just this like, Ooh, that was a little bit cool. That's fall. Maybe it's a snarky response. Maybe it's somebody rolling their eyes. Maybe it's somebody who's frustrated and they're taking it out on you. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, there's a chill in the air that wasn't here before. This is fall and it is telling me that winter is coming back if we don't get back to spring and clean up what this was. And I realized Mm -hmm. that 
the seasons were missing one season. And this was the fifth season, the thing I created to really help my kids and myself understand our own power. And it's called the crossroads. And it's where we stand at any interaction. And we decide, am I going to take the path to winter? Am I going to yell at my kids for spilling things and making messes and walking away? Am I going to be angry or frustrated because their sibling squabbles are bugging me? Or am I going to take the path to summer? Am I going to ask thoughtful questions? Am I going to invite them back to forgiveness and apology? Am I going to invite them back to spring where they can understand what they're doing, what understand how they're impacting others and make the changes they need to go back to summer. So the crossroads really was my way to give my kids this awareness that I didn't have before. You advocate for your wellness. You plant yourself firmly in the decision that you want to make. And then you decide purposefully and intentionally. You don't just fall into conflict with other people. You don't let someone drag you into their storm you choose. So if you're going into that fight with your sibling, if you're going into yes. that, you know conflict with your dad, if you're going into that schoolyard scuffle, you're choosing it because you're standing at the crossroads and you're deciding, I want to win. I want to be right. I want to be victorious. You're making that choice as opposed to the harder choice really, which is stepping back, asking questions and kind of taking the high road. Right. And so that was the skill that I yeah. needed them to know more than anything else is their own agency to make decisions, to have outcomes that were more positive for them. And the five seasons really became a parenting strategy first, which is why the parenting book was written first. It was just, yes, kids are going to test us. That's what they're here to do. Right. They are going to push our buttons. They are going to show us the things inside of us that need healing right? They are going to show us the things that are wounded yeah. that we didn't even think about in 35 or 45 years because we haven't thought about it since we were four and someone called us a name. Yeah, They are there to help us heal, right? But this strategy, this five seasons framework was just, can we do it in a gentle way? Can we be guides for them? Can we be what teachers should be which is partners in the process and not authoritative figures coming down and telling children what to do. You know, my doctors told me what to do and it made me sicker. And I thought I was nearer to death when people were telling me what they thought I should be doing. When I decided what was right for me, I started to flourish and I thought, well, my kids know what they need more than I do. Do I think they need to eat their whole dinner? Maybe. Do they? Maybe not. So who am I to tell them what they need, right? It really became a couple of years of them growing into the most independent version of themselves and making mistakes, right? And I wanted them to make mistakes yeah. with me. I wanted them to try things and have it fail because then we could talk through it and we could say, wow, so what do we need to do to fix that? How can we go through spring again and repair the damage that that just created? or to heal some of the hurts or rebuild the mm -hmm. bridge that you just burnt down. How do we do that? And let them come up with their own spring cleaning strategies. My kids are now teenagers and it's instinctive to them. I watch them going through their, yeah. their days, their conflicts, their successes. And I'm like, that was what the five seasons gave them. And I know that even deeper when I'm with other wow. people's children and they're like, I don't know, Mrs. Cabot, what should well, I do? I'm like, John, what do you want to do? I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, then we sit here until you do. We're going to work through this together because this is a life yeah. skill, my friend. <laughs> well, and you say it's something that you really gave your kids was the skill of failing. And that is so important because nobody ever wants to teach their kids how to do that. Um, we don't want to watch our kids fail. And then we grow up as adults who don't know how to fail. Well, I think I think for for many many years our culture has evolved yeah. to that. Yeah. Don't fail. Where, where yeah. we we don't allow failure. Failure yeah. is weakness. Failure is what you don't want to be. You, you we we right. protect our kids from failure. Yeah, that's what the culture, which is protecting 100%. them from growth. Really, I mean, right. if you think about inventors. 
remember the 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 season and the era of of invention where everything was just being invented all the time and there's just all these basic things we have now you know like the telephone or whatever i mean we were talking the other day about imagine your life's purpose is you fail at every single turn till the one time you don't and that's your whole purpose now you're done i have finally succeeded but every single step of the entire journey was a failure yeah. that's my whole life but the only way to get to that success is to understand how to fail, grow, fix, move forward, do it again yeah. until it's the, until it's right. Um, but if we don't know how to fail, we wouldn't have any of those things. We wouldn't have all of the inventions we have. We wouldn't have leaders. We wouldn't have people who are changing lives because those people had to fail. Yeah. We fail daily. I mean, we, we, we over here, like, well, we just need to figure out how to do it better next time. We just have to accept accepting yeah. failure and accepting imperfection is really what you were teaching your kids. And also, I really love what you said about as parents, we really want to be the authority because, well, we feel like that's my charge. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to protect them and be their, the, the all-knowing person in the house and they don't know because they're kids. And I think a lot of times we fool ourselves into thinking they don't know things when they do, especially about themselves. I always tell people um, after so many years of parenting, the one thing I've learned is that our kids oh, teach us how to parent more than yeah, any other thing. 100%. Yeah. Period. And it's not a book. It's not a doctor. It's not a website. It's not an expert. It's not even me. It's my kids teach me how to parent them. What they need is what they need. Um, sure. Obviously, you know, within reason or whatever. But I, I love what you're saying about the getting the crossroads is the most important thing. My favorite thing is the five. The number five was also in your seasons. And that that was why you were seeing the five everywhere. I know. Right? Not the five-year diagnosis. It gives me chills. It gives me chills. Yeah. yeah. I totally. Know. I'm over here like, ooh, so good. Hey, I, I, I so identify with that because five, as you know, five is my my favorite number. So I, I always see that everywhere. Um, so when you explain this, obviously that that hits something with me. But what I, I, I think this this framework is so golden yeah, because it, really it ha, it's multifaceted. Just as as you were explaining it, yeah, it's great for parenting, but it's also great for life and for adulthood yep. how we teach our kids to handle conflict handle the ups and downs in life that we well none of us have control over mm -hmm. but many and, and therefore you would think you would think because we are we're all thrown into different circumstances and there are so many different formulas we would you would think we would have this down but we don't but this framework really gives us the ability to adapt this to our own lives to yeah. who we are mm -hmm. i could take this framework and you could take this framework mm -hmm. and it will mean something right. different to you than right. me that's what I was thinking is that this is something that, well, that's why you wrote three books. I mean, this is something that applies in every circumstance of everybody's life. It applies in, in health, in, in finance and marriage and all of that. And I love that you started out by teaching it to children, which anytime we teach anything to children, it's the purest form because you're having to break it down into the simplest pieces and explanation. And that's really what it needs to be because what are we all doing when it's complicated? Right. We get overwhelmed and then we do nothing. Yeah. So um, yeah, no overwhelm. It's just like, this is what we're doing step-by-step step with kids. Um, anything that I've ever even taught my kids, I end up learning more because they teach it back to me, which is incredible. So I'm imagining that as you were teaching this to them, they taught it back to you, which then formulated the, the further versions of this for you. Um, what would you say to you for to like to people about yourself? I don't know why I just said it like that to you. What would you say to yourself, Leanne? What would you say for you? I was going to say for you is the number one most powerful part of the five seasons that you've seen in people's lives. What is the biggest takeaway aha moment that you've seen people have when you're teaching this? Um, what is something that has just absolutely been the number one takeaway. I think with, so I look at the three different groups differently, right? If I'm thinking about parents, the biggest thing that I take away with them is the idea of partnership, right? Like they do not consider mm -hmm. themselves partners. They consider themselves as parents and authority figures. And so to feel like there is a way that there are conversations that could be had, questions to be asked, which still maintains authority, authority, um, but allows the child to have a voice, that is always a game changer for people. When I think about love relationships, the thing that jumps out and kind of hits everybody in the side of the cheek is how 
codependent our behavior has become in this world, right? Where we decide what somebody else can do, what they can think, what they can wear, what they're, you know, what they can believe. And it really means we're jumping into their garden and changing what they've planted, right? That really is their garden, right? Mm -hmm. So we are constantly jumping into our partner's gardens and telling them, no, I don't want that plant here. I don't want you to have that rock formation. You don't get a fountain. It really is, where's your garden, right? If I want to go kayaking and I want to be in nature and that's my church and my partner's like, no, 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 you can't do that. They're in my garden and they need to step back a little because I am my own person. When the, you know, the priest, I was married Catholic. The priest says when two becomes one. And I really at the time was like, Mm -hmm. "Hmm." through the five seasons, I'm like, actually two doesn't become one. Two becomes three because I maintain myself. My partner maintains himself and the shared piece we have together is the third entity. But if I become one, what parts of me do I lose? And is it the dominant person that takes over? Is it the louder person that gets their way? No, it really is a game changer for people to understand two does not become one. It becomes three. When we think about business and kind of our professional endeavors, the thing that really stands out is something, you know, I think of the Wizard of Oz syndrome, right? Where we have so much power in us. We just don't recognize it. So we are building businesses and doing jobs because we think that's what we need to be doing. Or we're trying to copy what she's doing because she's successful or him with his laptop lifestyle. And we're actually not owning our own brilliance, which may look very different than what the people around us look like. And so the five seasons in business is really... Who are you really? Who are you in summer? What, how do you define success? What are the things that take you where you want to go? Build on that foundation. That is the rock you build your life on, not what you see with other people, because that imposter syndrome and that envy is just going to eat you inside because you will constantly think you're not good enough because there's always going to be someone else who has the sexier life or the, you know, the more toned abs or the bigger Mm -hmm. bank account, right? But building your business. Yeah. Or the the more more tech, tech, right? So building (laughs) your business on your own foundation just grounds you in your brilliance. And so I think the five seasons, you know, you're right. It literally covers every part of you because it's all about who we are in the world and who we believe we are in the world. And once we understand that, it's a game changer. I love this so much. Hey, listen, our audience, (laughs) if you're just joining us. This story, you have to go back and jump back to her story after this broadcast is over or catch our podcast in a couple of days on our website because this is such an incredible story. God really took her through something that was really incredible and rare to take her into a, a, a a place in her life where she's impacting lives on a level that I, I've never even heard this framework from anyone. Sometimes you just hear something that is divine in nature and it's just it's completely new. It's completely different take on something. I've never heard this before. You guys have to check out her five seasons framework. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Something that you just said um, uh, about a couple of things you just said about the the love relationships piece. I love what you said about the, it doesn't, you don't become one, you become three. So interesting because like in our marriage, we always talk about, we have the third strand because the, we always take the Bible and like this, like little bit of a, like out of context, right? So you're saying, well, you know, the Bible says we become one, but it doesn't, we don't, we have to elaborate on that. It's like we become one as in a, a, a unit, but the unit we become one inside is yeah. the third strand. It's, you know, the Bible also talks about how God is the rope is part of the rope that intertwines us. If it's, he's, if he's our third, strand if the third strand is who we become together spiritually then there's still right. two other strands yeah. separate yeah. you can't braid right? one so we're rope. becoming one yeah no. right you, you can't can. braid one rope you have to be three strands of the rope to braid together but it's one, one rope. rope and I, it's funny we don't think about like what that actually means people just like hear that and we go oh well then that means that i lose myself and i'm just con- you know conceding and then i'm just um, powerless over here and mm-hmm. that isn't how god intended our lives to be he he gave us the power through him and the in in the ability to to um, be empowered, to live our lives and to impact lives and to to reach people for him or whatever it is that our pur- purpose is, not to be disempowered. You know yes. what I mean? And I love what you said about entrepreneurs because you were talking about how it's, it's your own unique voice. That's what you're saying. What is yeah. my own unique voice? We are all very individually um, unique in our stories and our purpose and our impact that we're supposed to be having on those around us. And we give that up sometimes mm-hmm. or a lot of times 
through many circumstances, through parenting, through relationships, through business, whatever, through pain and through health challenges a lot. And so your message that you've been given to share is incredible because it does touch every part of life, every different circumstance on a different level, depending on what you're talking about. But it all has that same message of you've got to realize your purpose and your voice so that you can have the impact that you were supposed to have whether it's on your kids or in your business or in your relationships. And so that to me was so incredible because it's, it's very unique, but it's so multifaceted and I absolutely love it. Exactly. I, you guys, I, to our listeners, I hope you guys are taking notes. I hope you took notes of these five seasons because Seriously. he just did. He just took yeah, a bunch of notes. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm taking notes here and just trying to see really and how this applies to my life, reflecting upon it and dissecting each season and how how would you apply these seasons to my life where where am i at right now today my mood my circumstances my finances yeah, my marriage my 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 relationships where am i and taking a, a really uh, uh yeah, like an a, audit an audit yeah. of my life and now look it this is a very simple yeah. framework, but don't make this overwhelming. Don't, don't over, what I'm trying to say is don't overthink this. Yeah. It's take it one step at a time, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just like you did one step at a time, one day at a time. We always talk about being 1% better. I love the one thing one. that you did every day. I love that. Yeah. You're like, I'm doing was, one thing today. Yeah, exactly. So. What I would say to my audience is that evaluate where you are. Take this framework, apply it little by little, let it be a habit. Yeah. And like you're, you're saying about your kids, you see them, it's just nature. It's just, it's just natural, I should say. And, and it's serving them well. I believe this, I, I I'm going to take this, I'm going to apply this to my life because this is just great. Get, yeah, these well, books. We're going to talk a little bit about your book here. Yeah, your books here I, I want to chime bit, in though and say that just just so our audience. I mean, we're very transparent over here in our camp. <laughs> this there's things that you're talking about with parenting that you know we're always striving to be better parents uh, every day. I mean, we have um, adult kids, and uh, you know it's like <laughs> you have mm -hmm. your first round of kids where you're like trying to figure out how to be a parent. <laughs> Those of us who have yeah. two different rounds of children. And then the second round, you're like, Oh, well, we're going right. to try that all over again. That's, that was a, that was a hot mess. You know what I mean? And like, you like to have apologized to your first round of kids. Sorry, you guys, I practiced on you. That sucked. I'm sorry. Let's try this again. But no, it's, I'm just, it's a joke, but basically I'm always, you know, looking for better ways to empower my kids and to let them have a voice and all this. But you've really simplified a few mm. things for me today. My, you know, a couple of my takeaways was really to just instead of getting on them about certain things that they continue to do over and over. I mm. know this in coaching, right? We forget yeah. this with our own kids because it's like, I don't want to be. I'm not using tactics on my kid. I'm just telling them this is what you're supposed to do, but we never give them any insight. It's like, why, why don't we do that? So, and, and then we lecture them, right. which is, we think insight, right? No insight yeah. comes from questions. You never get insight as, as much from lecturing or learning even from not even a parent, just a lecture from someone or, or even a training as you do from someone questioning you and you having to really yeah. face your, yourself and your own truth and coming up with mm -hmm. what your next step is. And that's, you know, like as a coach, I know that I'm there to extract whatever their truth is and their power within them. But, you know, we forget that with our own kids. So for me, moving forward, I mean, I'm really like that just kind of gave me such a huge light bulb moment. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to just be asking a lot more questions about, well, right. not like, why'd you do that? Like we ask that question all the time and they're like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm a kid. But that. um that that whole just that whole takeaway for me so i really appreciate you coming on today i know that there's someone out there that has had that same takeaway and also the other ones that you mentioned you know, whether it's in business or anything like that so i would say this um i want to leave our audience with just a final note from you just like 60 seconds what would be if someone's really struggling in one of those areas of their life and they're like leanne you know this is great but I, what this is simple but where do i even begin i i'm struggling i i'm in a dark place i don't understand which season to cho choose or what season i'm even in or what the crossroads means what would be your your advice to that person to just yeah. stop where they're at what do they do first to start moving in the direction yeah. 
that you the first do. thing they need to do is get a pen and pencil or pen or pencil and get a piece of paper and write down the very best day they remember. And it could have been yesterday. It could have been seven years ago. It actually doesn't matter. But I want them to capture what made it the best day. And then what was their worst day? What was the day that really is in their memory as something that sunk them, right? And I definitely did this. I still do this. Look at those two lists and say, okay, how did I get from here to here? Even if they're not chronologically in order, like what would I have to do? Like, and we just put on our thinking caps. Like I would have to phone a friend. I would have to take a shower. I would have to get a glass of water. You know, it could be just as basic as that. I would have to call my therapist. I would need to take my medication. I would need to take a walk, right? It's those simple building blocks that just start us on the path to some of the bigger spring cleaning. Like you're not going to start spring cleaning your entire house in one moment, right? Like you start with something. You're like, I have a pile of papers. Let me put them in a pile and go through them when I'm sitting down. The thing is, it is what you can do in the day. There were days I could not cook. And I taught my children how to make a peanut butter sandwich. And I'm like, this is what I had as a child. You will be fine. And if we do this six days in a row, you'll still be fine, right? I will teach you how to open a can. On a day, you might need to open a can of soup. That's all I can do because my one thing was something else today and it was not feeding you guys. So we're gonna work together and figure this out. And yes, things will take longer. I get that. But if you're only giving yourself permission to do one thing, you have time for that. So clear away all the non-essentials, really just shut down all the things that do not matter and do not make you healthy and strong. And then say, what do I need to be healthy and strong in this moment? And Javi, you said something like, you know, what is your season today? I could have 70 seasons in a day. I could go from the crossroads to spring to summer to winter. I, then I could have another kid come in the kitchen and I'm in winter with them and then I'm in fall. It is an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. So once you know, who am yeah. I in summer? Who am I when I'm strong and confident and feeling amazing? Who am I in spring? Who am I when I'm working through something? Who am I when I am dark? Who am I when I'm slipping, right? Do I get catty? Do I get a little bit snarky? Do I get quiet? Do I shut down and do like silent treatment stuff? Like, who am I in all of these seasons? And then when I do it, I can catch myself. But if you teach the people around you, they can also say, hey, are you okay? That's not normally like you to, yeah. you know, kind of go dark on me or it's not like you to be, you know, gossiping about other people. What's going on? And you're just like, oh, there's that reflection of myself because I can't always see who I am, but somebody reflects back and I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm in fall actually. I'm, I'm not doing good. I need to change some stuff. Yeah. Wow. That, that That's really, powerful. that really hits home and it hits home this, this past week. Okay. Yeah. We our our week kind of went yeah. up and down this week. And like I said, in the beginning, it's been overall, it's been a good week, but we had a day that, hmm. that really kind of was getting us yeah. kind of low and it kind of fed uh, us throughout the day. The next day we were just, you know what? No. We're not going to let this happen. And it really changed our moods. It was a and, summer day. It was and, the best and day. It was a great yeah. day. It was a it was a wonderful day. And um I remember that morning doing our morning show and just saying, today is gonna be another great yeah. day, right? So it was over, the live was over. We shut off the lights, shut off the cameras, we walked down out, and it it was like, it was winter outside, outside these doors and our whole day just kind of shifted and it, the clouds just got thicker and thicker. And I, man, I wish I would have known about these seasons yeah. because I I'm, I'm finally just addressed the whole family. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? We're not, and I, I kind of yeah. laid down the hammer and just on my kids and our moods and we're not going to allow this to happen. Yeah. And I thought, well, if I did that, we could yeah. shift and pivot. And, but we didn't. And I was really disappointed and trying to figure out why, why didn't it, why didn't that work? Why, why did our day continue yeah. down this, 
this dark road. And it took all day. It took really the majority of our day. And I'm like, man, I, I hate those days. I hate, I hate when I'm feeling good, I'm energetic. And then yeah. one thing happens and it dictates yeah. the rest of my yeah. day. And, and so that, you know, that's what I got from what you just said, because if we're all working together on the, on the same framework, the same, yeah, the same game, framework, the game, the, the game plans, the same for all of us, it may look different. It may, our approach may be different, but we all kind of yes. can reflect and kind of help one another. And that, that's, that's it's just funny because we actually have um, one of our daughters, you know, she has sensory processing disorder. So she goes mm -hmm. to occupational therapy. And so she's been given frameworks right. that are like for kids where they have like different, like, um, like yeah. the yellow zone and the yeah. green zone and all like, you know, to kind of identify for herself, where am I right now? Am I in the green zone? Am I, you know, so it's right. kind of like the four seasons. It's yeah. really, it's four zones and it's yeah. basically the four seasons and uh, it's great. The now, cause you've opened my eyes to this, but having it be something where we could label, it's kind of like you're without having to explain right. all your feelings, you can simplify it for the child and say, yeah. are you in summer? What do you need to yeah. do? Or, or are you in winter? What yeah. do you need to do to get to summer or even to spring? How about to spring? Yeah. We just try spring and having us all be on the same level. So when, so for instance, just as a, like a, a real world you know, example that you're making, when we walked into the kitchen or you walked into the kitchen and was like, Hey, everyone, like we do recognize these things. We do try to fix them. We're not just letting our family like go mm -hmm. to heck in a handbasket, but we're like, look, we're not going to sit around being negative all day. Like let's be positive. But the best way we could have done that would have been asking them questions. What do you need to do to get from here to here? Mm -hmm. Why are you guys arguing? You know, and that choice, that choice that you you're teaching them is that that's a lifelong thing. So, you know, the, the choices that we have of getting into relationships, mm -hmm. toxic relationships, toxic situations with people or coworkers, mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. And it's a choice. So I love these are so many tools I've taken away today. I know our listeners and our viewers have too. Um, so I cannot wait to hear, you know, people's stories that I, I absolutely want to have you back on at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need to dig into yeah, this and, more. Yeah, man, this, uh, this time with I you know. just flew by. Yeah. And uh, the thing is, is uh, we want to mention how, number one, how to get in touch with you, your books, man, get, get her books. Yeah. On whatever so, area you, whether you're parenting or you're building a business or wherever you are, Take a look at these books. I, I think want it's you going to serve you well. To let us know, let our listeners know where can mm -hmm. they get a hold of you, and tell us just a little bit about, um, you know, how how they can get a hold Absolutely. of your books and things like so that. So they can find me on Facebook. I am most active there, um, but of course I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram if they wanted to find me there. And my website is the fiveseasonslife.com. They can order their books there, or they can bundle it with other purchases on Amazon. So. Um, I make it very easy. Can I just add one more quick thing? I will just very much not be yes. happy if I can't add this. One of the things that Do I it. wanted to say about the red, yellow, green, it's totally great, fabulous, whatever, but it isn't necessarily something kids know because they're not drivers, but they know winter. Yes. Right? Yeah. They understand the yes, seasons. Exactly. Even if you live in Florida, you've watched movies about winter. You understand what that feels like. You know what an ice cube feels cold. So I it's love just it. a very natural way for them to not feel bad about feeling bad, right? Because winter is winter. winter is winter. You can't be angry that winter comes. There's a purpose for winter, just like there is a purpose for winter in the five seasons. So we don't have to come in and say, don't be upset. Let's everyone be positive. And I'm not saying that's what happened, but it's also like winter happens. We just don't have to stay there. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we have a question coming in. Do you have audiobooks instead of just paper books or digital? Do you have yeah, any so audiobook audio options? Yeah, the audiobooks will be out in the fall, hopefully September because of COVID. Things shut down, but they are processing and they will be out in September. So please stay posted. Fantastic. Of yeah, course, you, of course you, you have audiobooks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that I I'm, yeah. I'm glad you made that point um because we we do all identify with the seasons right. emotionally. So it's easier atta to attach our day-to-day -day or minute-by-minute -minute emotions to the these winter or, excuse me, these seasons that we go through, whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall. When someone says something, uh, you know, offensive towards us, yeah. that's a chill. And and we we can feel that. We know what that is like. And uh, we could easily identify that. Um, that's, that's just great. All right. So I know that we're, we're, yeah, we're running out in, of time. So. I got to let you go, but listen, I, I don't want to let you go. I want to talk all day. <laughs>
to you because you know another thing is uh, what you guys don't know is Leanne's also an amazing human. Like her and I've totally connected. I don't know if it's the red hair. She said that I must obviously be Canadian. I, I'm not, but I, I must be because <laughs> we totally connect on so many levels. Um, but we absolutely love you, Leanne. We love that you're in our circle now. We're definitely going to have you back on, like I said, and because we got to dig into more of this. But like, listen, if you guys want to get a hold of her, make sure you're jumping on her website or on her social because everything that she does is gold and her her purpose and her vision and her impact are just as much. And so definitely dive into her circle and start uh, getting her content, right? So thank you so much, Leanne. We absolutely love you for coming on and uh, we will see you next time. Have a great day. Thank you. Hey, listen, <laughs> that, that literally, I'm not gonna lie. Here's the thing. I was being serious. I was being honest. This interview will change my life. Uh -huh. There's things that... Um, there's things that we all can always improve on. And I'm willing to admit it, like for sure. And that's why I've grown. I think people often talk to us about, well, you know, why do you guys, how can you, how can you change so much? And because like, I always want to grow because I'm willing to say, well, I don't know if that's the best way, even though that's the best way so far. I think we need to realize that when we're doing something in our life, that it can only be the best way so far. It doesn't always have to be the, it's not the best way. We have, we can learn a better way. So far, I'm the best mom I've ever been, but I know dang well I could be a better one because yeah. I can continue learning. I, the same thing with a, as a, a wife, as a friend, as a business owner, right? There's always a better level. Why not grow into that? So today with our guest, Leanne, I, I, I absolutely took away some things that are going to completely shift some of the ways that I parent in a way that will, that will just take it will just take so many years of, of uh, suffering away. I know of just like trying to figure things out with my kids. I know that we're going to become an even tighter team now. Right, right. And just uh, really uh, ourselves, we're going to be getting these books. I'm going to probably get all her books because yeah. uh, we we are working in all three aspects of this. So absolutely, the, the thing is, is taking that framework and really applying it and making it for ourselves and making it part of our family. You're absolutely right. This is something that has changed us, I hope, you guys are taking this to heart. I hope you guys listened and took notes and really opened your eyes. Yeah. I hope this was really a revelation to you too. Uh, um, and uh, I, I know it was for us. It, you know, the thing is, is we, we, we talked to her before. We obviously we pre-interview everybody and I, I didn't, I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't realize, I didn't it, was realize be this it was good. this good. Yeah. It was just great. So good. Hey, listen, if you guys want to dive in deeper with us, Make sure that you're getting into our Facebook group. This is a free community. It's all about health and wellness, um, you know, emotional wellness, things like that. We talk about spiritual wellness in there. This is a group of warriors that you can really, um, you know, kind of plug into this community of people that know how you feel, that understand where you're coming from when it comes to overcoming your health challenges. So go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash adapt and overcome your health. This is our community, our free community, where we have a ton of resources in there and uh, that you can plug into and you can grab and you can apply to your life today. So make sure you're jumping into that. Also, one more thing. If you guys want to connect with us on something that we just opened seats on, we have an Elite Ninja Academy group coaching program. This is our health and wellness group coaching program where we dive in for six months with you. This is a comprehensive program where you have group coaching. One-on-one -on -one coaching is included. We have weekly accountability calls that you can jump on, ask all your questions. We have private Facebook group for support. And we also have our nutrition course, our fitness course, and our stress management course included in this coaching program. Uh, no charge. Those are always included in that. You can do them at your own pace and you can have all your questions answered on those. So if that's something that feels like it fits the situation that you're in, if you're struggling with something, you're going through a, a health challenge or you just hit a wall in your health and you're tired of letting that take over your life and you just, you feel like you want to take that chaos down, you know, and you want to get some clarity and you want to get somewhere with your health. You want to get that life that you've wanted. Make sure that you're reaching out to one of us so that we can get you on our calendar and get an interview with you because this isn't something we want to take lightly and just throw you into. Nope, we want to make sure this is the right fit for you. So make sure you connect with us and uh, we'll make sure we get you on an interview with us to make sure that that's the right fit for you. All right, everybody. I hope you guys had uh, a good time with us. We thank you again for joining us and taking a listen to this podcast. I hope you guys got something out of today. If you did, please like it, follow us on, on our podcast. Um, this way you're notified when we do have other podcasts. We do this every Saturday morning uh, at 9.30 p.m 
a.m. Pacific time, right? I was having to figure that out in my head. <laughs> anyway, but anyway, again, we're going to let you go. Have a great weekend. Have a great Saturday. All right, guys. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye.